Good morning. And peace be with you. We have a couple of guests here this morning. We have Pastor Chris and his wife Alice. Chris will be uh, preaching the, uh, giving the proclamation this morning. So we are grateful to have you both. And um, also, uh, Chris and Alice are uh, going to be planting a church in Oceanside. And so we would ask for your prayers, uh, for the Lord's blessing to be upon it, for him to make uh, the road uh, straight and smooth. And uh, he's already done some wonderful things uh, for them in so far as uh, securing a place where they will meet at the beginning. Uh, and so I invite you to chat them up afterwards when we have a, a really wonderful and um, uh, lavish uh, spread to enjoy after church today as we celebrate those who have selflessly served this country, who have sacrificed all for mankind. And we're talking about our veterans today. And today is Veterans Day, the 11th day, the 11th month, and the 11th hour is when World War I was ended, the armistice. is the birthday of the United States Marines, and I would be reticent if I didn't shout that out. Apparently, though, um, I didn't find out talking to the Marines in the place, but there are other branches of the service. Uh, the Coast Guard being one of them, Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. Did I leave one out? Boy Scouts? No, okay. So, but thank you everyone who um, has served this country or has family that has. And um, uh, what, a, what a joy it is that we enjoy the privileges that they secured for us. Today I would like to also read to you a poem and it was written by a Canadian officer that um, passed away uh, in the battles in, in France. And you have seen, no doubt, veterans out in front of stores with the poppies, the red poppies. And they call it Buddy Poppy. And that is, uh, uh, harkens back to World War I. It harkens back to a poem by John McCrae. And the significance of it is in the fields where it was called the Western Front, um, poppies grow, even in the midst of death, in the midst of this battle that scarred that territory up. Poppies grow. The Flanders Fields is not particularly, as we might think, just one field. Flanders Fields uh, is particularly associated with battles that took place in Ypres, Salient, including the Second Battle of Ypres and the Battle of Passchendaele. The Second Battle of Ypres is the one from which John McRae had written this. Most of the war, it is told that the front line ran continuously from south to Zeebrugge on the Belgian coast across Flanders fields until into the center of northern France before moving eastward, and it was known as the Western Front. Has anyone been to France and seen this area, these areas, and you have? How did I do on my pronunciation, John, there, uh, James? Ypres? 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 Okay. How about salient? Salient. So it looks like salient, but hey, we'll, we'll work on it next time, okay? But the point is, is um, it's, it's beautiful now, right? 
but it was desolate and um, a place where many lost their lives. So John McRae wrote this. He said, in Flanders fields, the poppies blow between the crosses row on row that mark our place in the sky, the lark still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. And if ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders fields. We are in a time in this United States where we are quite divided. I don't know that we have ever been more divided, but one only needs to look in Scripture to see that that is the nature of man, division. Division between each other and division uh, from God. But in and amongst this, sometimes people rise up and sometimes things are healed. And and there was a young man that has just been um, elected to the Senate, uh, a SEAL, Navy SEAL, lost his eye to an IED. He was horribly insulted on TV. It was a joke. And I'd like to think that I could handle myself in the way that this man did. I know I cannot. But he did a very wonderful thing. And he says, we need to give up our right to be insulted, offended. We need to stop being so sensitive you see, this man on Saturday Night Live made a, a joke, and it, he was nervous, and he was looking for a punchline, and it fell flat, but it was, it was offensive. And this man who it was directed to gave him grace. And the thing that he left with this man after sh- appearing on the show last night, he did trade some barbs, which were funny, but he told him, when you see a veteran... Say, never forget. As in the Flanders field, we don't forget that torch they passed. We don't forget the blood that they bled for us. Never forget. So when you see a veteran, you look him in the eye, and you say, thank you, and I will never forget. Amen? Thank you, veterans. Let us stand now. Our opening hymn is, yes, ma'am. Oh. The day before yesterday on Thursday morning, a beloved member of ours, Joanne Baden, passed away at about five in the morning. Uh, Ken and his sons um, our morning, of course, and I would ask that you would lift up your prayers, uh, lift them up in your prayers. Joanne um, had some complications with her liver and came into the hospice on Monday night 
and it was quick. had an opportunity to go with Ken and spend a lot of time with her. And um, uh, maybe I'll be able to share it, maybe I won't, but I heard about their first and second dates. And when I asked him during the time that I spent with him and, and Joanne, she was mostly unconscious, but I said, Ken, do you remember your first date with her? And he goes, oh, boy. And she smiled, even though she was, you know, she, she heard everything. And she smiled, and I heard the story. And then when we got home and met, I met his uh, son, Steve, I said, well, your, your pops here told me about the first date that he had and the second with his mom. He goes, oh, brother. So it's an inside joke. And maybe I'll be able to share that with you all sometime. We don't know about a memorial service. Um, it's a clean inside joke, by the way, and it is funny. It's ironic. And um, I think they were together more than 60 years, 60, maybe, yeah, long time. So just um, please do lift them up in prayers for peace and comfort. Now we should stand and we should start singing The Church is One Foundation on page 369. Church's one foundation, Christ the Lord, she is his name. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. He is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you have given exceedingly great and precious promises to those who trust in you. Grant us so firmly to believe in your Son, Jesus, that our faith, may never be found wanting through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 555. 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, 
but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. We will read Psalm 146 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion. For all generations. Praise the Lord. The third reading is from Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 through 28, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1872. Hebrews 9, 24 through 28. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do, to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gracias. Once again, 
so great to be with you all, and we do covet your prayers for uh, a church plant in Oceanside. Today's sermon <clears throat> comes from Mark, the 12th chapter, our gospel reading, and may the eyes of your hearts be enlightened to know the breadth and the width and the depth that God has for you in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I recently received an email from a charity that I donate to, and they announced to me that I'm now part of the 500 Club. And according to what I give, based on what I make, it's rather a meager donation. And I have a little problem with it as well, because what happens if somebody who makes less than I do, but gives more of a percentage based on their budget, well, they should be part of the $500 million club, right? And I realize why they do that. They want to recognize people who are giving donations. But this morning in our text, we have one who gave all, but was recognized by none, except for the one who really counts, and that is Jesus. And however, Jesus gives a warning, doesn't he, to those who uplift themselves over others. He says, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like respectful greetings in the marketplace, the chief seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets, who devour widows' houses and for appearances' sake offer long prayers, these will receive greater condemnation. And isn't this the way our fleshly world works? to seek notoriety and fame above others. And that's why I'm so glad here at Reformation Lutheran Church that the pastors sit here amongst you, the priesthood of all believers. We wear a black shirt reminding ourselves and you that we're sinners just like you. And we wear the long robes reminding us that you have been robed with Christ's righteousness. And we wear the stole to remind you and to remind myself that it's my job each and every Sunday and Pastor Ken's job each and every Sunday to preach the gospel to you. These are all reminders of the gifts that God has graciously bestowed upon you. And in our gospel reading this morning, Mark recorded, and he sat down opposite the treasure 
and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. Notice, Jesus was the one that was sitting and observing and watching. He saw the Pharisees take their prominent seats wearing their Sunday's best. He was aware of how much people were placing in the offering baskets. Jesus keened in on the fact that the rich and the well-off put their offerings out of their abundance. These were just a drop in the bucket compared to their monthly budget. But in contrast, an elderly widow had put just in one of the smallest coins, a mite, which, believe it or not, is only three minutes of a daily wage. But yet it was all that she had. And Jesus commented, he says, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they all put out of their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. And in those days, most likely this widow had no one to take care of her. There was no social security. She had no pension or retirement. She had no 401k. She had no EBT card. But yet, she gave all that she had. Why? Why? Well, through faith, she was assured that God would be faithful to his covenant and his promises. That God would send a deliverer, a Messiah, to save her from her sin. Through faith, she had confidence that the Lord would provide. For she knows that God knows every hair on her head. She knows that the birds of the air neither fret nor worry where their next meal is coming from. And in the same way, we pray, give us this day our daily bread, for thine is the kingdom forever and ever. Amen. And similarly, we have a distinct parallel in our Old Testament reading this morning. As the Israelites had chosen to worship foreign gods, God chose to prophesy through the prophet Elijah that there would be famine and drought, hopefully causing his people to repent and to return to the one and true God. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, Arise, go to Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there 
Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Notice another widow here. Circumstances haven't changed much, have they? Elijah asked the widow for a cup of water, and then he asks her for some bread. And the widow responds, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in a bowl and a little oil in a jar. And behold, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat it and die. You see, she would have loved to oblige Elijah. She was preparing herself and her son a funeral meal. You see, the famine had taken its toll. And the toll, the famine's toll, had won. Then Elijah commanded the widow to carry on her business first to bring him <clears throat> the bread, which is accustomed to the priestly sacrifices, and then <clears throat> bake the rest for themselves. What had changed? What changed? Well, after hearing the word of God through the prophet Elijah, faith was procured in the widow by these words. The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. As a result, she ate many days, and her bowl was never exhausted. We're quickly reminded of how our Lord, with just a couple fish and a few loaves of bread, fed 5,000 people. In our lessons this morning, we have three distinct people. First, we have the Pharisees who are caught up in self-righteousness and pride, wanting only to be seen in elaborate dress and taking the best seats in the house. And if we're honest, we're no better. We strive to be recognized and say, look what I've accomplished. Or we start comparing one another to each other. We might even say, I'm glad I'm not like that person. Secondly, we have the widow of Elijah's time, who had given up all hope, preparing for a funeral for herself and for her son, and was completely hopeless. And maybe you're feeling hopeless this morning. Perhaps you're feeling like you don't have enough money to pay the bills, to make ends meet. Or you won't have enough money for retirement. 
seemingly maybe some sort of relationship has fallen apart with your spouse or family member or your children. Maybe it's even greater than that. Maybe you've succumbed to the wiles of the wicked one, thinking that God has deserted you and abandoned you all together. Thirdly, we have the widow who gave her might, which was all that she owned. Through the gift of faith, she was assured that God was going to take care of her no matter what, no matter what her circumstances were. She was convinced that through the promise of God, her needs would be met both physically and spiritually. God did not abandon either of these widows, and neither has he abandoned you. We are all at the same time fall into one of these three categories. Sometimes we're prideful and we look at our works thinking that they're beautiful before God. Or sometimes we're like the widow after hearing Elijah's words, I believe, but yet help my unbelief. Or sometimes we're like the widow who gave the might, fully assured of God's goodness towards us in Christ. Wherever we're at today, we all want to say, Lord, have mercy, for I am a sinner. The writer of the Hebrews said, it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment. You have already died right here. You have already died once right here in the waters of your baptism. You have been crucified with Christ and buried with him and have risen anew out of the waters of your baptism and been made a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. But for those who are in unbelief, who disbelieve, God will judge. God will judge. However, you, Christians, have entered into the presence of God because Jesus was the fulfillment of what was to come. It was Jesus who entered into the Holy of Holies once to be your sacrificial lamb. The priests who didn't offer their own blood had to offer animal sacrifices. And they could only temporarily cover the Israelites' sin so that in God's manifest time, he crucified his only 
begotten Son, and by His atonement has put away your sin and mine for all eternity. Listen carefully to the writer of the Hebrews. He said that the offerings would be needed continually from the foundation of the world. Yet Jesus sacrificed himself only once, bearing the wrath of God upon himself and becoming a ransom for you, ushering you into his presence and assuring eternal life for you. And not only that, Christ was manifested once to conquer sin, death, and the devil at his first coming, but will usher into, without reference of sin, his eternal kingdom when he returns, and you will be glorified with Christ into heaven where there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, and no more sufferings. As the creation groans for the consummation of this age, we too eagerly await the bridegroom, our bridegroom, and in anticipation of what lies ahead. And while we wait, the Lord has prepared a meal for us. And as Elijah promised the widow that the bowl would not be exhausted, God's forgiveness here in the supper that you're about to partake in a moment will never be exhausted. God's altar stretches all the way around the circumference of the world. People this morning, before we have even taken communion, have already partook of the great banquet feast that the Lord has for us. And those who haven't gone to service yet will partake after us. The eternal banquet feast here where Christ nourishes and strengthens your faith that reassures you that you are forgiven, reassures you that through his body and blood, he has promised to meet us here at the table this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us now confess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I have to admit, it's been a pretty lousy week as I wrote this prayer. So please keep in mind the sermon you just heard. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, creator of the universe and all things therein, Savior and Sanctifier, three separate persons yet one almighty God, we gather this morning as your faithful servants in complete humility and awe in the love we have for you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, but also with great despair and confusion. Father, you have blessed us with so many wonderful things that they're even too marvelous and too plentiful to name or comprehend. You provide us homes, places to live, clothes to wear and food, more than anyone else, and we still grumble. You've dazzled us with waterfalls, mountains and oceans, incredible sunsets, stars in the sky, and all manner of created beings. You've given us friends and family to share our joys and sorrows. You've given us life, an eternal life with you because of the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. How then, Holy Father, can we understand the evil flooding our lives. We're drowning in hate and anger. It's everywhere and it makes no sense. We can't even predict where it's coming from next. People are committing mass murder indiscriminately and we're powerless to stop it or even explain it. How long, how long Lord, must we endure this insanity? Even our political representatives can't be civil to each other. Chaos has become normal. Holy Spirit, we need your guidance and comfort because we are lost on this earth. Please give us hope for tomorrow because we know we'll be with our Father in heaven one day. But we have to get through this first, and it's a heavy burden. On this Veterans Day, Lord, we give special thanks for the men and women who have or are serving in the United States Armed Forces and have kept us free and secure at sometimes great sacrifice and indeed with their very lives. Lord, we ask that you protect those persons protecting our country, whether at home or away. We pray for honorable and courageous service for our military service members. We also ask your special guidance and counsel for our civilian government leaders who may seek to employ military force in protecting the United States and its allies from time to time. Keep our leaders from being cavalier in their decisions and be mindful of how few 
are our volunteer military members compared to the rest of our citizens and how precious are their lives. Please help us teach our younger generations to realize and appreciate how fragile their freedoms are and at what cost they have been won and maintained. And as chronicled in scripture, how fast we will collapse without you, Holy Father, in charge. Today, Father, we also give you thanks for our young U.S. Marines on their service birthday. We also give thanks for the old Marines, too. Please take good care of them, Lord, as they face difficult and dangerous situations. Thank you, Lord Almighty, for enabling us to have representative government elections and to allow us to choose our leaders. We pray for wisdom and tolerance in our decisions and that you would guide us and our new leaders to accept our decisions and demonstrate respect towards one another. Help us to demonstrate maturity, deference, and cooperation between our opposing opinions and seek peace within our nation. Father, you know our land is facing devastating fires once again. Lives have been lost, there's been catastrophic property loss, and firefighters, other first responders, and scores of individuals working to replace destroyed infrastructure risk their lives for our protection. Please shield all of them from the dangers surrounding them and allow no further harm or loss of life. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would comfort those persons facing terrible loss. We pray for those suffering illnesses, physical or mental, that they would be healed on earth or in heaven as you determine is best. We also pray for those families, friends, and Reformation Lutheran Church members who near their time to journey home with you, Father. Please reinforce the hope and joy and peaceful hearts that know the truth of your saving grace. We thank you also for the life of Joanne Baden and pray, Holy Spirit, for your special comfort to Ken and his family at this time. Thank you, Almighty God, for our Pastor Ken, who is precisely where he is needed and doing precisely what you want done. Finally, Lord, we pray aloud or silently in our hearts for those personal petitions that you already know, but we need to say to you. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace with each other. Will you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you. O Lord, our God, maker of all things, through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. 
With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Oh yes, it is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of our might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection and his triumphant, glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus paid it all. Once and for all. Once and for all. And we celebrate that victory through the Eucharist here. We celebrate 
and we get paid for the home run that he hit. Thank you, Jesus, for this. I've heard you confess with your lips, each one of you, that he is your Lord and Savior. I've heard you confess him. This table is set for God's children, and you've been given that that power by what he did on the cross. So the table's ready for all who confess. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
something else you need to not forget. Uh, right outside the doors are a bountiful feast that has been provided by a member out of gratefulness, out of um, appreciation, love, devotion, patriotism to a country that has given her everything that she has had in her adult life. I pray that you go out there and enjoy it. It's supposed to be a secret, but God bless you and may you be richly blessed by him. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is Freely, Freely on page 7. Let us go in peace and
God forgave my sin in Jesus' name. I've been born again in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I come to you to share his love as he told me to. He said, freely, freely you have received, freely, freely give. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know that 